0: Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with another exclusive episode for our premium members of The Yacking Show. First, let me introduce co-host Kathleen Beauvais from Waterloo, Ontario. Hi, Kathleen. How are you doing today?
1: Thank you for that introduction, Peter. We always have interesting guests who are experts in their fields for our premium guests. And today is no exception. We have the great pleasure of having Jim Marshall returning to us. Hello, Jim. How are you? Hi, Kathleen. Now, Jim, you were with us back in February, I believe. And uh, I just give you a little bit of uh, information here for those of you listening. He is the author of a book entitled Septemics, Hierarchies of Human Phenomena. It's a book about a unique, transformative, revolutionary social science. So Septemics is a system that helps us understand human behavior in many different areas applicable to both business and life. So, welcome back, Jim. And just for the benefit of those who haven't had the opportunity to see your previous v- video, which I urge everybody to do, can you give us a little bit about your background and how you came to discover Septemics?
2: Okay. Well, I'm the discoverer of hitherto unknown natural phenomena, which greatly aid in the understanding of people, from which I constructed a revolutionary practical philosophical system called septemics, published in the book you just referenced. Um, 26 years of direct observation of this book and people reading it has proven that the book will dramatically improve the life of anyone who takes advantage of it. Uh, As to my qualifications, I'm a polymathic intellectual whose areas of expertise include psychology, philosophy, theology, parapsychology, science, engineering, mathematics, law, literature, history, metaphysics, military science, physical science, political science, physical culture, education, organization, and music. And I hold a Bachelor of Science cum laude from University of New York. Wow. As for Septenics, it's a philosophical science based on the fact that many phenomena related to human beings occur in a sequence of seven levels. Uh, Literally, the word septemics means over pertaining to seven. Mm -hmm. Septemics comprises a collection of scales or sequences, each of which breaks down various human phenomena into a hierarchy of seven steps. There are 35 set scales which span the spectrum of human experience, meaning any situation that arises in the life of a human will submit to analysis from one or more of these scales, Mm -hmm. usually more than one. So it's universal applicable. 24 of the scales and 11 apply primarily to groups. And today we're going to show you many of these scales, and I will comment on them.
1: All right. Well, let's right. Um, take a deeper dive into this very interesting topic. Peter, if you want to go ahead and share. Okay. your Okay. Very good. Okay. So, folks, this is Welcome to Septemics.
2: Hierarchies of Human Phenomena. Notice it's human phenomena, not human behavior. Uh, psychology is a study of human behavior. Human phenomena is a much broader area. And this book enables you to analyze, predict, and manage human affairs to a degree hitherto inconceivable by most people. Uh, and you can see there the temix logo. Now, this tells you quite a bit about the subject. Notice it has seven stars each representing one of the levels. Each one is a different color, just as each level is different from one another, but together they make a spectrum. So you get all the whole spectrum of the corresponding area and in a minute we'll show you the corresponding areas. So now we're ready to go to the individual scales. Okay, this is the scale of basic purposes. This is the most important of the scales, which is why I have it first in the book. This is uh, the first of the scales that I discovered. I had an earlier version of this scale for many decades. Uh, and when I discovered the seventh level, it manifested mathematically. If you look at it, you can see the various mathematical categories. For example, on the left, you have the seven levels in Roman numerals. And then you have the names of the levels. And next to each of them, you have either a plus sign or a minus sign. Now, this is very important because what this means is, this is a bipolar universe. So you're either inflowing or outflowing. Everything in the universe is inflowing or outflowing. Just like the alternating current that's running through our devices as we're using them. Mm-hmm. It runs one way for 60th of a second, and then it runs the other way for a second. So it's plus and minus. And that is inherent to the physical universe. Now, behaviorally, instead of calling it inflow-outflow, you might call it reach and withdraw.
3: Mm-hmm. In other
2: words, when you're reaching, you're outflowing. And you, when you withdraw, you're inflowing. So on a human level, a person is either reaching or withdrawing. So if you look at saying it has a minus, that means this is an inflow. The objective of a saint is transcendence. Transcendence is a withdrawal from the world. He's not reaching into the world, he's withdrawing, which is why okay. it's a minus. And right. if you go down to level two, the leader, the leader, his objective is conquest. That's clearly an outflow. Right? He's not inflowing, he's outflowing. Mm-hmm. So now many people have a negative connotation with conquest. But you have to think of it in terms of whose ox is being gored. So, for example, when the Union Army conquered the Confederacy, that was a very good conquest
3: mm-hmm.
2: for, for preserving Union and for liberating all the black people. Okay? So there are good conquests and bad conquests. Uh, so conquest is part of it as a point of view, you know, how you view it. To the Confederates, it was a bad conquest.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. So if you go down to the next down is winner. Well, the objective of the winner is wealth. The winner is feathering his nest. That is an inflow. He's withdrawing. He's inflowing wealth to himself. He wants money and uh, jewels and mansions and things. All that is normal. The normal is an outflow. Now, it's kind of a weak outflow because his objective is conformity. Now, again, some people think of conformity as a bad thing. But again, think of it in terms of fitting in. The normal wants to fit in. You know, if people have long hair, he grows his hair. If people have short hair, he cuts his hair. If mustaches come in, he grows a mustache. When they go out, he shaves it off. He wants to conform. These are normal people. This is the largest subgroup. It's almost 30%. Below that is the loser. The loser is inflowing, or you might say withdrawing. His objective is suffering. Now, of course, this makes no sense to most people. But if you observe these people, you can see that their objective is suffering. They make themselves suffer. If you give them uh, $50,000, they'll blow it in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you give them a car, they'll crash it. So that's an inflow. They're pulling destruction in themselves. Now, the criminal, which is below that, he's outflowing. Uh, Think of it this way. Criminals shoot people a lot or bludgeon them, okay? That's clearly an outflow. The objective of the criminal is pleasure. Mm
3: -hmm. And they don't care how they get it.
2: They don't particularly want to kill you, but they will if you get in the way. And at the bottom is the subversive, and he is pulling destruction into himself, okay? So it's an inflow, And that's somebody like Adolf Hitler, who was inherently destructive. Now, if you look on the right, you see the axis. The axis here is an axis in which at the top you have courage, wisdom, and ethics. And at the bottom you have fear, stupidity, and criminality. So as you go up the scale, you have more courage, more wisdom, and more ethics. And as you go down, those things lessen. And in their place, you have more fear, stupidity, and criminality. Also notice right in the center is the dividing line between social and antisocial. So the people at five six and seven are antisocial people at one two and three are social and the normal is kind of neutral okay and then Mm -hmm. these people break down into the saint and the leader level one and two they are what i call superhumans. they're humans but they have abilities that the rest of us don't have like abe lincoln was a leader
3: Mm -hmm. or
2: jesus of nazareth was a saint then you have the large band in the middle most of the people are human and then at the bottom Uh, You have subhuman, which is criminals and subversives. So under criminals would be somebody like Al Capone, John Gotti, right? Like professional criminals. Uh, And then below that subversive, you have somebody like Paul Pi. Okay, so those people are subhumans. So I'm ready to go on. So if you have questions, I'll
0: i have a question for you it, it, to, to as a quick observation it's somewhat sad to see that the subhuman category is uh, i think it's 21 percent. i can't quite see the bottom on my screen which is higher than the superhuman capacity of 17.2 that's a, a sad reflection on the state of humanity is it not
2: yes but if you look at the human race it's not a surprise
0: no I agree. I agree. You look
2: at what's what's been going on for 6,000 years. It's still going on now globally. You know, that is the result. 95% of the man-made problems come from people at the bottom three levels. Right. The people at the top four levels contribute good things, not bad things.
0: Okay. Where would you put... I'm looking at criminal, and you're saying most criminals act for pleasure. But I, especially where I came from in a very poverty-stricken continent, many criminals were criminals purely for for survival, not not for pleasure, right? Okay, so let me explain that.
2: Criminal is the name of a level. I had to call it something, okay? Right. Jesus of Nazareth, who Thomas Jefferson said is the greatest man who ever lived. Most people think he's, uh, at least that many people think he's more than that. He was executed as a criminal. Okay. Okay? Yes. So so that tells you that, you know, Nelson Mandela spent a long time in prison. So that doesn't mean he was at this level. He was at a much higher level. So, okay. so this is, you know, I have to give it some kind of a name. I spent a lot of time trying to find a name that worked the best. But it's easy to convey this if you think of these people as criminals.
3: Okay. The people Not-
2: They'll want pleasure, and if you get in their way, they'll have no qualms of snuffing you out. Right. I,
0: that makes a lot of sense. So in my case, where someone is uh, stealing a loaf of bread to feed his starving child, he would more likely be uh, in the suffering group than in, according to your category, as a loser rather than could, a criminal?
2: He could be at any one of the uh, upper, the top five levels. Any oh, one of course.
3: Of okay. As I just said,
2: okay. Jesus... You know the Romans did not did not crucify everybody they didn't like. They only crucified certain people in yes. certain categories. Okay, the really really bad ones. Okay, so to the Romans he was as bad as it gets. So right. they tortured him to death, crucifixion. But still they considered him a criminal.
0: Nope. Good point. Understood. Uh, that's a good explanation. Um, do you want to move on? Yeah.
2: Kathleen, jump in anytime if you have a question.
1: Well, I do. I do have a question, but maybe I should keep it for a little <laughs> bit later. But, um, anyways, do you want me to ask the question right now? I'm, well, I'm just, if, if, we're, if we're on this first scale, you should
2: ask okay. while the scale is
1: up. Right. So, if you're, and and I I'm, I'm using the word judge, but I know it's I know you shy away from using the word judge, but if you're evaluating someone based on this system yes isn't it isn't it subjective to you though it's it's basically your opinion it's not is it not because it's not your
2: opinion let me get explain this to you this way okay mm-hmm. somebody knows botany we look at a tulip and look at a rose say this is a tulip this is a rose and know that they are in completely different botanical categories right. okay that is the science of botany. That is not his opinion. You can look it up in a botany book, they'll tell you, a rose is more closely associated to an apple than it is to a tulip. So uh, that is the point of this, it's natural law. In other words, these, these phenomena exist. And I'm not saying to tell people, oh, you're a criminal. No, I say, never do that. Look at it. Observe it. See it for what it is. You know, call a spade a spade. Spade. And you will save yourself a lot of trouble, Kathleen, because if you can spot somebody as being, I mean, if the people of Germany had spotted Hitler as a subversive, he wouldn't have gotten 37% of the vote as he got in 1933. And the Nazis never would have come to power. But they didn't have this data. So that's why I'm trying to get this book out so that things like that don't happen
1: again.
0: Mm hmm. Um, okay, I've got, it's not a question, it's just a comment on your book on yep. page page six, which is dealing with the scale we're talking about right now, the scale of basic purpose. You you make a comment, which I agree 100% with, um, others wouldn't, per- permissiveness towards the criminal has catastrophic consequences. Would you like to expand on that a little? Sure. Uh,
2: the example I give in the book is uh, Hitler was convicted of treason in 1923. Okay, he tried to overthrow the government, they arrested him. Okay. Now, traditionally, globally, uh, traitors are executed.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Okay. Instead of executing him, they gave him five years of which he served nine months. During that nine months, he wrote Mein Kampf, Mm -hmm. which made him a rich man. And then he got out and wrecked the world. Okay. So if he had been executed for treason, how much destruction would have happened because even if there were a Nazi party, for example, uh, Goering okay, Goering was not a subversive, he was a criminal, he was in command. He wouldn't have been as bad as Hitler. He told mm-hmm. Hitler, Don't invade the Soviet Union, we will lose if we did that, okay, because he wasn't a complete looney tune. Mm-hmm. He was more like somebody who was like Carlo Gambino of the the be Gambino crime family, no, he was more like that type. Okay, so, so uh, like for example, what's going on in the United States now? They have been defunding the police. They are refusing to prosecute people. They're letting the criminals out, and murders are skyrocketing. Crime is skyrocketing all over the country. You are having catastrophic consequences because the government refuses to hold people to account when they do destructive things.
0: Yep, absolutely right, absolutely right. Yeah, uh, shall we move on to the next one? Uh, we could get we could talk all day on this one, but I think um, for, for our viewers, let's go the scale of personal that's, influence.
2: That's why there's a book, because you can talk all day and you need to read the book to get all the data. I'm sure. just giving you an introduction. Yep. Scale of personal influence. Okay, now, don't confuse influence uh, with a, a broader category. In other words, influence is one way of controlling people. Uh, it's not the same as, in other words, you can punch somebody in the nose. That's not what I'm talking about here, influence. Uh-huh. Okay? That's a different thing. You could burn somebody's house down. We're talking about personal influence. How a person influences influences another personally. Okay? And there are, again, seven basic levels. And again, it's inflow, outflow, inflow, outflow. Okay? The lowest level is martyrdom. That's Mm -hmm. how Jesus influenced people. That's an outflow. Okay? Now, uh, notice the the axis on the right is cause and effect. Mm -hmm. At the top of the scale, you have cause. At the bottom of the scale, you have effect. So when you're uh, controlling by martyrdom or influencing by martyrdom, you are at complete effect. You're being killed. By definition okay that's a level of humility but it is a way to influence people
3: mm-hmm.
2: above that is victimization okay you make yourself a victim you're not martyring yourself but you're being a victim so this is like what they call a guilt trip mm-hmm. this is an inflow you're sort of pulling in a bad energy on yourself uh above that is domination now In domination you overwhelm somebody that's clearly an outflow Mm -hmm. you know like some kid in school is a bully right he pushes the little kids around okay he overwhelms them that's an outflow above that is aloofness now you can control people by aloofness
3: Mm
2: -hmm. uh there are many great and famous people who had an aloof quality ronald reagan was like that george washington was even more like that Mm -hmm. okay It's a type of restraint. Uh, Washington was known for his great restraint. Well, he was the person most admired and most trusted in America in his day, but he was very restrained. He rarely spoke out. Okay. So that's clearly an inflow. Reason at level three is the level of logic. Okay. So you're sort of reaching out into life with your mind. That's an outflow. At level two is charisma, uh, which is something you find in people like JFK or oh, wow. Elvis Presley. It's mm-hmm. a form of leadership that a person has that enables people to follow him. And of course, it's an inflow. In other words, when you have charisma, it's like, it's like a magnetic thing where you draw people to you and then they follow you because it's leadership. And at the top, the highest level is telepathy. Where are you controlling people by will? And there's a famous scene in the first Star Wars movie where Obi-Wan Kenobi is going into a city and the soldiers are trying to find these two droids, which are in the car with Obi-Wan and with Luke Skywalker. And Obi-Wan says, Soto voce. these are not the droids we're looking for. And the soldier then turns to the other soldiers and says, these are not the droids we're looking for, and lets them go. So he just telepathically put that into the mind of the soldier mm-hmm. and his will, his will manifested. Okay, That's the highest level of personal influence. Where you don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. It's all done by will.
0: I will. Right. So you have a very good um, comment on that in your book. And on page 17, you say all persons, whether or not they realize it have the ability to influence others telepathically and do so to some extent, however, slight such influence can only be perceived or resisted psychically. Right. So And uh, it's something I think most people, in my experience, are unaware of, that they do have the ability to influence others telepathically. That's
2: right. Right. There's a big difference between having an ability and knowing you have the ability. Correct. You know, Jerry Seinfeld uh, sort of wanted to be a comedian. He had no idea whether he could do it or not. He had no idea if he was funny. So one day he went out on stage when he was very young, He did his routine, and everybody laughed uproariously. He was shocked. He didn't know what to do. He had no idea that he had that ability. Then he said, oh, I can make people laugh. So that's something that is really important to keep in mind. Big difference between having an ability and knowing you have the ability.
0: Right. Very much so. Jim, uh, for those of our audience who didn't listen to our first episode with you, uh, could you just talk a little about the type of scale? In other words, the difference between linear um, or more more background on linear quantum in general? That might help some of our new
2: viewers. Okay. Okay. So a a linear scale, a scale is either linear or spiral. Now, linear is... What you would expect to go is one, two, three, seven. Spiral is a little more sophisticated. Where in a spiral scale, le- there's an apparent congruence between level one and level seven. Right. Uh, and so people will very often make a catastrophic mistake in thinking that someone is at seven when he's at one, or thinking that he's at one when he's at seven. This is exactly what happened with Jesus when they killed him. Instead of seeing that he was at the highest level, they saw him at the lowest level.
0: Lowest level right. Some of these
2: scales are naturally spiral. Uh, that's just the way they exist. And it, the way you have to understand that in order to use it. Okay. So linear ones are easier to, easier to understand than spiral ones. Now quantum, quantum is opposed to gradual. Now in a quantum scale, there's no intermediate level. There is, in fact, a reverse of polarity. So if you're looking at this scale of personal influence, at telepathy, you have an outflow. At charisma, you have an inflow. That's a reverse of Incredible. polarity, okay? That is a quantum leap. Right. There's nothing in between telepathy and charisma. You, you you flip from one level to the other. As opposed to in a gradual scale, there's an intermediate gradients where you, you can move gradually from from three up to two in okay. a little bits. Okay, and general a general scale is one that uh, it manifests more in a general sense. In other words, uh, like this scale, for example, uh, you can find your level. How do I influence people? And you can find yourself. Say, well, yeah, I, I influence people by logic. But sometimes I lose my temper and I influence people by domination. Mm-hmm. You see, yep. so that's yep. kind of it. That's that's you know, there's not more you can really do with that. You can find other people on it, but as opposed to with some of these scales, uh, there's you can find like the scale of motivation. You can find you can use that in very specific ways. What is my uh, wife's motivation? What is my son's motivation, and so forth. So when you see a specific scale like the next one we have coming up the scale of choice it's very specific what is your level of choice regarding politics what is your level of choice regarding religion what is your level of choice regarding food so okay. the scale of choice you can use it in 30 or 40 or 50 different ways each of which applies to a different area of your life so it's specific
0: specific okay let's have, thank you thank you for that explanation that that is useful let's have a look at the... Uh, the scale of choice,
2: then. Okay, there we are. This is really important. The biggest theme in human society is freedom. That's what wars are fought over. Most of the literature is about that. People want to be free. That's why people get divorces. That's why we have revolutions. Okay, what is freedom? Freedom is the ability to choose. If you can choose, you are free. So. This is really important. Now, look, this is a spiral scale. Level one and level seven both say no choice.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: A person at level one and a person at level seven are alike in that they make no choice. They make no choice at all. But on level seven, it's no choice is possible. Whereas uh-huh. at level one, it's no choice is necessary. See it. Level one is transcendence. A person who's transcendent, he doesn't have to make a choice. He, he's just transcendent over the whole thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas a person at level seven, he's oblivious. He can make a choice. You see, so that's a perfect example of how this is a spiral scale. Right. You can make a catastrophic mistake by misassessing. You can, you, if you make the mistake of. Of taking a person who's transcendent and thinking he's oblivious you're as wrong as you can be
3: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so
2: this scale forewarns you about that mistake now notice next to these seven levels we have one viewpoint many viewpoints one viewpoint many viewpoints one again this is a mathematical manifestation right see at person who's transcendent, he has one viewpoint. The viewpoint is, I'm transcendent, nothing bothers me, I don't care what you do. The people person is seven, he has one viewpoint too. And his viewpoint is that he's just oblivious, he has no idea what's going on. He's not even in communication with other people.
3: Mm-hmm. But if you go up
2: from seven to six, it's a group's choice. This is what okay. you have in collectivism, like the old Soviet Union.
3: Mm-hmm. There
2: are many viewpoints. It's not one viewpoint. There's many viewpoints. But if you go up from there to another's choice, again, it's one viewpoint. It's a specific another person's. So this is like a guy who, uh, you know, his wife leads him around by the nose. You know, where would you like to dine, honey? Oh, I'd like Chinese food. Okay. You know, he's like a robot of his wife. The viewpoint is the wife's viewpoint. The guy doesn't even have a viewpoint. He's a robot. Up from that is any choice but one's own. This is what we call trendy people. Uh People who, people who, they're irresponsible. Okay? So there are many viewpoints here. You know, oh, Joe likes chocolate. Fred likes vanilla. Mary likes strawberry. Uh, This person doesn't want to decide. So he will decide, but he's sort of letting the other people decide for him because he's irresponsible oh, well, if all you guys want to go for pizza, okay, we'll go for pizza. You know, he's not going to speak up and say, I hate pizza. Right. You see? Because he, he can't really make a choice. Now, above that is a level that we understand. One's own choice. Mm-hmm. This is selfishness. That's not necessarily a bad selfishness, but it is selfishness. You know, you say to somebody, uh, you know, guys at a party, everybody's drinking. Would you like a drink? No, thanks. Oh, don't you drink? No. You know, he chooses not to drink. He mm-hmm. doesn't care that 50 people around him are all drinking. He's not going to drink. That's his choice. Okay. And he has that one viewpoint. It's his own viewpoint. Up from that is any choice. This is a person who's aloof. He doesn't care what choice it is. If you say to him, uh, you want to go for Chinese food, we'll say, okay. And if you say to him, well, would you rather go for Italian food? Well, I don't really care. We can go for Italian food. No, he's he's aloof. He's, mm-hmm. he, he'll, he'll, he can take any choice at all. Okay? This is a very liberating state to be in. And it's many viewpoints because he doesn't care which one it is. Oh, you want to change the station? Go ahead. Change the station. You know? I'm in the, in the middle of a baseball game. That's fine. Go ahead. Put on the basketball game. And then, of course, one again, you go back to one viewpoint. So we see how this is mathematical. This is natural phenomena.
0: Mm -hmm. So here's a question for you. I think I might know the answer, but I'd like to hear it from you. Could you have two people in exactly the same circumstances? And although they're both in exactly the same circumstances, one is at number one, uh, transcendence, and One is also no choice oblivion. And the case I would give you would be um, in the captured by the Viet Cong. I think it was James Stockdale and also McCain, late Senator McCain, were uh, captured by the Viet Cong and treated horrifically. But they kept their sanity and they rose above what they were being subjected to, and yet many others in the same circumstances lost their minds and were raged against it and ultimately died and, and all became right. insane. So is, is that an example of the, the difference of those two no choices?
2: Well, not really. You're talking okay. about specific persons, okay?
0: Okay.
3: I mean,
2: you have to assess the specific person. Now, remember, this is a specific scale. Right. So, so I'll give you an example. Like, mm-hmm. if I had a girlfriend who said, uh, you know, we go out on a date, uh, she'd say, "I want to go hear a band," I'd say, "Okay, let's go." Or if she'd say, "I want to go to a movie," I'd say, "Okay, let's go." In other words, I was at many, any choice; she could decide whatever. If she said, "I don't want to go for Chinese food again," I'll say, "Okay, but I have to go. Where do you want to go?" Let's go to a dog Okay, great. So that's a specific application with a specific person. Okay. And that's I'm how you, you use the scale. You, okay. you evaluate a person. So, again, it's not general. It's specific.
0: Specific. Okay. No, I got it. Okay. So we, the next one that we have to come up is uh, Kathleen. Sorry. Have you got any questions for Jim on that one?
1: Uh, no, I'm just taking it all in. I'm trying to absorb everything here.
0: Uh, Oh, it's it's fascinating stuff. I, I have the advantage that I've read most of this in the book. So let's go on to the scale of permeation.
2: Okay. This is extremely important. Most people don't have a clue about permeation. Permeation is the basic ability of a spiritual being. The reason that you can get experience from your body is because you're permeating it. When you die, you stop permeating it. Mm-hmm. You withdraw. The spirit withdraws himself from the body, and then he gets no more sensitive. So, so permeation is uh, a, a a being who's very highly evolved or very upscale permeates well. Like if you think of an angel, you know we mm-hmm. think of angels as being radiating love, love in the sense of agape. Or caritas, right? Uh, so, at the top of this is complete permeation. At the bottom is must permeate. Mm-hmm. So again, you could confuse must permeate with complete permeate. Right. You see that you you can look at a person who is at a level of power because of this complete permeation and think that he is compulsive about. That's a big mistake. Mm. You have to differentiate between the two. But if you look at the person, uh, you know, is this person smiling? Is this person happy? Is this person uh, generous? Then, then you can see a person who's a must permeate. That's very downscale. That person is basically nuts. Okay. God. He's compulsive. So, you know, like you find somebody who goes out and finds children and rapes them and kills them. That person's down at level seven. All right. Yep. So, so permeation, it monitors love. So mm-hmm. when there's love, there's permeation. And when there's hatred, there's no permeation. Right. So up from must permeate is unable to permeate. Now think about that. That's reverse and polarity. So mm-hmm. look at the direction on the right. You see again, you have a complete reversal. There's no intermediate stage between level six and level five, five or between five. level six and level seven. It's a reverse of polarity. This is something that people in Oriental philosophy understand mm-hmm. that a person, uh, an example is like Saul on the road to Damascus, where yep. he was he was oppressing the Christians and he had some transformational experience. He had a reversal polarity. And then he became the spokesman for Christians. Correct. You see? So you have to understand the reversal of polarity. And so a person who's at willing to permeate, he's not going to go little by little up to level two. He will jump. He has mm-hmm. to have a transformational experience. Something big has to happen to him. Or the light bulb goes on above his head. And he then goes from willing to permeate to can permeate at will. Which is success? A successful person can permeate at will.
3: Persons mm-hmm.
0: that uh, okay. Let's shall we move forward? Uh, yeah. Scale of thought. Now this is a very interesting one.
2: Yes, there are seven levels of thought in a human being, and these are in the exact scale that exists it's a linear scale uh, so the axis here is total permeation knowledge down to no permeation, permeation knowledge. knowledge so if a person is in denial he doesn't know about it right you know like you have a guy every night he drinks a quart of whiskey he falls down on the floor drunk and but his but he'll say he's not an alcoholic he's in denial he's ignoring this okay? Mm-hmm. He has no permeation of this area. He has, you might say, he has no insight into what's going on in his life. So now here, there are gradual intervening. uh, Excuse me. Let me get back to talk about specifics here. So this is something that like a guy might think one way uh, about his profession and think in a different way about dating. Okay, Okay? so it's a specific scale. So you can have a guy who, you know, he is a titan of business. He makes ten million dollars a year, he drives a Lamborghini, but his personal life is a train wreck. So his level of thought on those two corresponding areas will be completely different. Mm -hmm. Okay, so in business, he might be up at duplicate, which is learning, which is a very high level. Person who learns from everything. That happens to him. Whereas in the emotional area, he might be down at disassociate where he's rejecting people.
3: Right. Okay? okay. And again,
2: you have to realize that going from differentiate to duplicate, it's a flip. There's no real intermediate state.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So again, a person has an epiphany. You know, he's like a person who's identifying. He says, ah, all women are the same. Or a woman says, oh, all men are the same. They're equating. Okay, that's fundamentally false. They're Mm -hmm. identifying each woman with every other woman. Okay. So for this person to go up to associate, where he's comparing them, that's a big jump. That's a quantum leap, Mm -hmm. which is why it's a quantum scale. And of course, look at the middle. Mm
3: -hmm. Above
2: four is sane and below four is insane. So if a person is denying, is disassociating or identifying, He's insane on that subject.
0: Right. Whereas
2: a person's create, duplicate, differentiate, he's sane on that
0: subject. On that subject. Okay. But the important thing is that, you, as you just said, the really important thing is that being somewhere on this scale does not automatically assume you would be the same position on a totally different scale. You used very, very good illustration, somebody being good high up in their business and terrible on the emotional side. So that that's important. <laughs> so I had um, something that I highlighted in your book on this scale. It was on yes. page 30, 36. And uh-huh. this is um, going to upset a few people, but I don't mind being controversial. And I, I know you don't. And I I read here that American education establishment presents as much a threat to the future of America as the KGB or the SS ever did. And you expand a bit beyond that, but I I thought that was a a provocative statement, but I can see why you made it. Um, So I'm not arguing with you. I'm just uh, commenting on it.
2: Yes. I think most people in this country, in the United States, know that the, uh, education system is a catastrophe it's been been spiraling down for decades nothing is being done to remedy it it's completely corrupt it's completely dysfunctional Uh, and the average person in America knows that that's why you have have a robust homeschooling uh, activity in America we have millions of people don't even send their kids to school they just teach them at home. Yep. And the universities have learned over the decades that the homeschooled students are not weaker students. They're better students.
0: Better students,
3: yeah. yeah.
2: They, the schools, the colleges who are run by smart people are happy to get them because they know these, these kids actually studied, actually learned. They weren't busy with dating and drugs and fistfights. They're mm-hmm. actually learning.
0: Learning, yep. We are seeing the same thing here in Canada as well. A mm-hmm. uh, huge, especially over the last two years, huge increase in homeschooling.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Shall, we, uh, shall we move on? There's uh, some really, really good ones coming up here. The scale of identity.
2: Yes. Okay. Uh, this is really important because identity is a word that gets used a lot in psychology And there is a scale of identity. So uh, going down this scale uh, is, of course, a very negative thing. So, Mm -hmm. again, it's a spiral. A person at level seven has no identity, and a person at level one has no identity. identity. The difference is a person at level one has no need for an identity. Mm -hmm. And a person at seven has no possible identity. So a person at level seven is oblivious. He doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know what he is. He's oblivious, okay? And if you look at the right, he has no perception. That's what oblivion means, no perception. Whereas a person at level one, he's extroverted. He's not uh, looking at himself. He's He's not saying, oh, who am I? He's extroverted, okay? He has maximal perception. He has no need for an identity. He's just being who he is, whatever that is. And then, of course, again, you have the positive and negative, the positive. So you have a reverse of polarity, which is why these levels are where they are. You see, an enemy, uh, like in war, you have the Geneva Convention, an enemy combatant is the the civilized countries have agreed You capture these people, you feed them, you clothe them, uh, you give them medical care. Okay, that's how you treat an enemy. Who has lost identity, betrayal, traitors are shot. So if you are, let's say, a spy uh, and you're giving data to enemies and the people catch you, you have betrayed your country. Mm -hmm. You've lost your identity as an American. Like the Rosenbergs who were executed for espionage in the United States, okay? Mm -hmm. They lost their identity as Americans. So, again, you can see it's an inflow and an outflow. So extroversion at level one is clearly an inflow. In other words, this person is doing his own thing. He's perceiving and he's, he's not asserting anything. Whereas a person who's certain of identity below that, he's outflowing. Like, this is the person who says, oh, yeah, I'm a Republican. You know, he knows he's a Republican. And that's an outflow, you know. So when you have a polarization, like in America, the people who love Trump and the people who hate Trump, Mm -hmm. these are two mutually exclusive groups, Okay, Both of those people are certain identities. So this is actually a level of contrition. Because when you are certain of identity, you are willing to do anything to support that thing.
3: Ah, okay. So those
2: people are contrite. You know, they'll they'll do like the people who followed Hitler, right? The Nazis. They thought he was the greatest man in the world. I'm not making this up. Literally, that's what they said. Mm. He's the greatest man in the world. And so they were contrite. They were obsequious, oh, yes, oh, fear, whatever you say, you know, as opposed to that level three, uncertain of identity. See, from a military point of view, this is not so good. The military likes you to be a level two. They mm-hmm. like you to know you're a sergeant, you're in this platoon, and you obey the officer. A person who's uncertain of identity is a guy who's saying, gee, should I even be here? You know, I don't know. Should mm-hmm. I, should I? Mm-hmm. He's indecisive, right? That's an, and then down from there, wrong identity. You lose your identity. The guy says, "You know what? I'm not doing this anymore. I quit." And he goes AWOL. He becomes yep. an enemy. Okay. Okay.
0: Right. So um, the the people who follow cult leaders, uh, you've used the example of people who support or, or don't like Trump, but even more so would be. The people who follow cult leaders, uh, what was it, John Jones in Guyana, where they drank the Kool Aid, they would have been That's at right. level two. Yeah. Level two, right?
2: Right. That's right, because because if he says, "Oh, we're all going to kill ourselves drinking poison Kool Aid," so, "Oh, okay," because you're contrite. Yep. You see, yep. you're 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 you know, you are sort of apologizing for yourself in continuously and saying you'll do whatever he wants.
3: Correct. Which is
2: which is clearly not as good as extroversion.
0: Our next one is um, tip seven, the scale of evaluation. And this is another very, very interesting one. Yes. Would you like to talk us through this one?
2: Yes, this is a very specific scale. Okay? People start at level four, which is impartiality. Mm -hmm. You know, let's say you have a person... You have a person who has never seen or heard of a baseball game. Doesn't know anything about it. Okay, Not. he's come, let's say a guy, a person from Africa, doesn't speak any English. Never saw a baseball game, right? So he comes to the United States, and uh, people take him to see a baseball game. He's impartial. He's neutral. He doesn't care who wins that game. All right. Yeah. This is so. Now, at some point, as the as he's watching the game. He's either going to start moving up to acceptance and saying, oh, I get it. This is cool. Or he's going to say, nah, I I don't get it. I disagree with this. So the person is very quickly going to move up or down. So if you move all the way down, you get to condemnation. Mm -hmm. Now, Kathleen before talked about judgment. Well, most people can confuse judgment with condemnation. See, if I look at it, at a tulip, and I say, well, this grows from a bulb, okay? That's just evaluating what it is.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Condemning is really what people mean when they talk. Oh, he's gay, he's bad, we don't want him around. Mm -hmm. They condemn him, right? That's loathing. So at the top of the scale, you have love. At the bottom of the scale, you have hate. See, now this does not have a positive-negative aspect to it. And it's gradual, so you gradually move from Mm -hmm. discouragement down to invalidation. See, invalidation, you're you're refuting it. That's what an invalidation is. Somebody says Obama was a great president, and you say, "Oh no, he wasn't." You're invalidating him, and you're refuting what he says. You're at level six on that subject. You see, whereas you, you know, a person could say, "Oh, General Grant was a great general." And you can say, you're level two. Yes, I agree with you. You have unanimity.
3: We agree about
2: that. So uh, this is important if you're dealing with people to watch them and see, watch them move up and down. You know, if you're dating somebody and they start disagreeing with you, if you don't do something to remedy that, pretty soon they're going to be invalidating you. And if you let it go, they'll start condemning you. And it's bye bye. So if you spot this, you can use it to rescue relationships. So this is something I use in my sessions all the time, continuously. When I was a human development engineer, I would watch. If the person started commenting about me, you know, why are you wearing that shirt? You know, do you really think it's appropriate to wear a red shirt? That's discouragement. There's a Mm -hmm. disagreement there. That is a red red light going off telling me, okay, this is not going well. I have to do... So I would look into that and get to what was behind it and get the guy back up to neutrality.
3: Mm -hmm. Now, there
2: are some people who are very negative. Like I ran into a a, a podcast woman recently. Every single thing she said was negative. Mm -hmm. Every single word out of her mouth. And, you know, so... So we're talking and as we're talking, she's going down the scale, you know, and she kind of said, I don't want to do this and ended it. You know? So we never did the broadcast. All
3: right, so like right, no right. matter
2: what I said, she was negative, negative. So she was obvious, obviously, I don't know what her thing is. Maybe she hates men, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe she had a headache, but whatever it was, it was, it was a negative evaluation. So again, yeah. evaluating, Evaluating doesn't have a flavor to it. There's good evaluation and bad evaluation.
3: Okay. And you have
2: to be able to evaluate something, you know, and see for what it is. Like, you know, uh, people go to a rock concert, okay, they're at level one encouragement. They're avid. You know, when the band comes out, they cheer, yay, that's avidity. Right? Yes. They love the band. That's level one. Okay. You know? But if the ban but if the bad is not so good, they might go down. So, well, they're agreeing with it, but they not have it anymore. So, this right. is really a skill. Okay, what two the- two two
0: comments from your book on on page fifty yes. on on this level, something yes. that that is is very obvious, but uh, it's even in the Bible, but very difficult for most people to to do is hate the sin if you must, but love the sinner. So. Yes. Uh, we need to be constantly reminded about that. The other very interesting sentence of yours was negative evaluations, not difficult situations, make a person negative. For example, that's right. Un- unhappy. This is the central tenet of cognitive therapy and of reframing. So I, I thought right. that was a, that was very um something very important on that one.
2: Right. Right. If you it's all in your attitude. You know, yep. it's all Let's say, let's say uh, all the person has to eat is bread and water. You know, mm-hmm. he could look at it and say, boy, this is really good bread. This is delicious. You know, and this water is cold and pure. I'm such a lucky guy. So you have poor people who are happy and you have rich people who are unhappy. Yes, so you oh. have rich people who have a bad attitude. Okay they have negative evaluations, you know, get rid of this Ford. I don't want a Ford around me. Get me a Lamborghini. Okay. I mean, and another guy has a Ford and he says, Oh, I love my Ford. You know, it's the same car. He he loves it because he has a positive attitude about it.
0: Correct. Correct. Uh, Just a evaluation.
1: I just have a question if I, if I can jump in, jump in. So so, I've, I'm having trouble figuring out how you piece this all together then, Jim. If, if, and let's apply it to business, for instance. If, if I'm an employer and I'm trying to find some great employees, how do I apply all of this to try and find a, 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 a suitable employee?
2: Okay. Well, let's talk about the scaled evaluation for a moment. OK, mm-hmm. so let's say you own a car dealership and you're hiring a salesman. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you talk to him about about selling and about cars and you see what he has to say. Um, if he says, you know, let's say you're a, you're a Chevrolet dealership.
1: Mm-hmm. He says,
2: I love Chevys. I've had six Chevys. I always drive a Chevy. That's somebody you want to hire. He's up at two unanimity. He's in agreement with you. He might even be a one avidity, so that's someone that you want to hire. So if the guy is very blase about it, and, you know, you just say, well, what do you think about Chevrolets? Well, I can take him or leave him. Well, at best, that's for neutrality. Uh-huh. He's not going to be as good as salesman. You see, so uh-huh. I would take the first guy instead of the second guy if you have to make a choice.
1: Okay.
2: Is that intense
1: you, Kathleen? Yeah, I, I, but then that's just one scale, right? That's right. You have thirty-five axes, so we
2: have thirty-five different ways to evaluate people to and, and analyze people. That's good because sometimes you can see one manifestation, and other times you'll see another one.
0: Okay, so let me let me jump in here. So you you yeah. you you're you're looking at the salesman. Should I hire him or not? And you like him because he's had six Chevys. He always drives a Chevy. He thinks they're great cars. So so he's passed that level test. And then you start talking a bit more to him and you start thinking about the scale of identity. And then you find that um, he, he, you you believe he's somewhere down near level six. He's dis- disorientation into chaos and has very little perception. So now this puts a different flavor on his uh, suitability as I'm just using one scale as an example as a candidate. Correct. And then you might Excellent. go to motivation and and think about that. And if That's you right. go through if you go through all the scales, if you can, or certainly a few scales, you'll have a much more rounded picture of his suitability as your ideal car salesman.
2: Absolutely, I'll tell you a story. Uh, I've hired and fired many people in my days uh, as a business person. So I had this situation many many years ago, where I had been looking to hire a person. I narrowed it down to two people. So I had seen many people and I had them both come over to my apartment and I was going to tell them, I wanted to tell them in person, respectfully, I'm going to hire you and the other person, I'm not going to hire you. So the first person comes in and I said, I I decided I'm not going to hire you. I'm going to hire this other person. Well, it turns out that this person knew the other person, which I didn't even know. They just happened to know one another. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, you mean you're going to hire her instead of me? Well, what I thought was the reason I'm going to hire her instead of you is because of that attitude. Mm-hmm. So I hired the second. So the second person came up, came when the first person was leaving, and they said, oh, hi, how are you? What's new? You know, is anyone one another? And the, 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 the second girl comes in, and I hired her, and she was thrilled. She was enthused. That girl worked for me, this was a long time ago, we we were much younger. She worked for me for over a year. She was perfect, okay? I could see in her behavior. She was enthused. She had a clear mind. She looked you in the eye, you know? She was an upscale person. She was at or near the top of all of these scales, Mm -hmm. even before I knew the scales existed but I could still see what was in front of my face. So I hired her and it was, it was a, a perfect judgment. Now they both had the same level of ability, the same experience, you know, but I knew that this second girl was the right one to hire. Right. And the girl was the other first girl who said, you mean you're going to hire her instead of me? That stuck up snotty attitude is what I saw on her. That made me not want to hire her. You see? So it's exactly what you're saying.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's a good example. We are running a little short of time. So what I'm going to suggest okay. is we, we, we do the next one because it's a very important one as well, scale of Motivation. And then right. we'll, wrap, we'll wrap up, but we'll ask you to talk a little bit about the book before we finish so that our audience who want to know more know what steps to take. So let's quickly look at motivation. Right. We have the scale of Motivation.
2: Right. Okay. So this is extremely powerful. Knowing someone's motivation is one of the most important things. Uh, You know, like, for example, let's say you have a rich woman, right? Is dating Mm -hmm. some guy. She wants to know, is he, does he want to marry me because I'm rich? Or does he really love me? You see, that's a question of motivation. Mm -hmm. Well, the good news is there are only six, pardon me, seven basic motivations, And notice that motivation is about responsibility. If you look at the axis on the right, Mm -hmm. a person who's motivated in in a high-scale way is fully responsible, whereas a low-scale person, no responsibility. So Mm -hmm. a person whose motivation is destruction, uh, like Hitler's was, he's not assuming any responsibility for all of those things he's destroying. He's mm-hmm. completely shirking responsibility for them. Whereas a person who's full of love, like Mother Teresa, she's assuming responsibility. She just went around taking care of people. Literally, that's what she did. So you see, she was helping all, which is the purpose. Mm-hmm. So it tells you what the purpose is corresponding to the motivation. And you'll see that motivation is about payment. Because at the highest level, the person who is motivated by charity, no payment is required. He's doing it as a labor of love. Whereas a person who's destructive, he's exacting payment from everybody. You know, you're going to pay with your life because I'm going to destroy you. Mm-hmm. And then you see the gradations in between. Yeah. And in a sense the purpose column it talks about help is all you're either helping or harming at the bottom. You're harming at the top. You're helping.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: in other words, at the top, you're helping wall level two duty. You're not helping wall, but you're helping another mm-hmm. at level three status. You're receiving help. Right. At level four wealth. You're helping yourself. You're helping yourself to the money or whatever it is. And then when you get to five revenge, then you're harming another. Below that is suicide, which is you're harming yourself. Now that might confuse some people. Why is revenge higher than suicide? Well, at revenge, the person at least is he's exacting payment from another, which mm-hmm. is closer to surviving than exacting payment from yourself. So
0: sure.
3: sure. See a
2: person, person who says I want to get even with my ex wife because she cheated on me. Okay. So he's at six revenge. Okay. He's harming another. Mm-hmm. But below that is the guy who says, uh, I'm so unhappy that my wife left me and I'm going to become a drunk. Okay. Which is suicidal. Really. Mm-hmm. And then below that is the person who harms everybody, he's destructive. Yep. And again, you see in the middle, there's the dividing line between sane and insane.
0: And insane, absolutely. One, two, and three are
2: sane. Five, six, and seven are insane. And four is kind of in the middle.
0: Okay. So in, in, in your book, there's... Sorry, Kathleen, do you want to go in? Go ahead. There's lots that I found of interest, but in in the interest of time, I'm just going to pick out one which struck, struck me. On page 57, you're talking about... Um, You can put this into better context, but that is why at conduct at level one is frequently required by vicious and ruthless attacks, resulting in martyrdom, torture, oppression, war, assassination, etc. And this is a very good turn of phrase of yours, the history of earth drips with the gore of such atrocities. Uh, And I think the next sentence has a bearing on that most people have a very poor ability to confront evil. It is so much easier to look at the world through rose colored glasses. Uh, I thought there's a lot in those few words that you have in your book there. Right. Uh, There's so much. uh, I'm just talking to our audience. There's so much in here that that Mm -hmm. when you read it in the context of what's happening in the world today, and has happened in the world in my lifetime and most people's lifetimes, there's so much that one can look at through the lens of these levels in this book that starts to make perhaps not sense, but helps one understand a a lot of what has, has been and is going on. So I really appreciate A, hearing it from you, direct from you, and being able to read it in the book. So, Jim, we're sort of just over our time. That's not a problem, but um, we're going to have to end this session now and come back for another one. What would you... I'm sure many of our audience would like to know what the next step is. What would you suggest they do?
2: Well, first, I want to say, we looked at, what, about eight scales? Eight, yeah. There are 35. Each scale is unique. You cannot infer anything about scale A by studying scale B and so forth. This is good news because this gives you a tremendous spectrum. It gives you 35 lenses through which to inspect life, human phenomena. So sometimes you'll figure somebody out on one scale. Sometimes you'll figure them out on another. So you might be able to spot somebody's motivation. You know, like if a guy is self-destructive, he's probably at six suicide. That's a very low motivation. He's harming himself. You know, he, he's extracting payment from himself. Oh, I'm bad, I need to pay for my sins, that type of thing, okay? So you would say, okay, I don't wanna be around this time. This guy might decide to drive a car off the road at 60 miles an hour while I'm in it. So whatever one of these works for you in the context is the one you use. So it's important to know uh, all of these skills are natural phenomena. I discovered them empirically. There is no theory of septemics. Mm-hmm. All of this just fell out in front of me as a result of decades working as human development engineer, because I would see my clients go through these things. I would see somebody who was suicidal and he would have some facilitation or processing, and he would come up to revenge. Instead of drinking himself to death, he would say, I'm gonna get even with that woman. Now that's not a great place to be, but it's better than committing suicide.
3: Sure, yeah, yeah.
2: So so whatever, that's what was happening, and I just wrote it down, I wrote it down, and processing hundreds of people for many thousands of hours, I wrote all these scales down. And then after a while, when I realized that it was that these have mathematics embedded in them, then I knew it was natural phenomena. So I'm telling you, as an engineer, these scales are correct. I know they're correct. They're correct the way the periodic table is correct. They're mm-hmm. correct the way the three laws of motion of Newton are correct. They're inherently correct. My opinion has nothing to do with it. I just wrote down what I found and I said, wait a minute, this can help people. I need to write a book and get people to use this stuff. And that's what's been happening. I've been watching this for 27 years. People get the book and I say, yes, now I understand what's going on here and it helps them. So I would say, go to my website, septemics.com, and you'll see what readers have said about it, what journalists have written about it, uh, you see what the reviews are. You can read sections of the book. And then you can decide if you want to invest a couple of bucks in the book. It's not expensive. Mm-hmm. And you can completely revolutionize your whole life with this book alone. Because oh, a lot of-
0: I will certainly jump in and endorse that. I've, as I say, I've only gone through 14 scales. One of the biggest benefits I have got out of it is I've looked at some of the scales and looked at things I have done in the past And I've been able to look at the scale and say, that's why you made that mistake, or that's why you messed up, because you were operating at that level. And look at more recently and say, well, through some accident or God's will, you've actually moved up a level. And I've clearly seen that in my life. And I've mentioned to Kathleen something that has benefited me just in the last couple of weeks from reading these scales. So I would say to our audience, get Jim's book. Go to his website and do something about it to improve your life. So thank you, Jim.
2: I just want to say one more thing. Sure. Yes. This book can save you from catastrophes, disasters, bankruptcies, indictments, all kinds of terrible things can be prevented by this book. Because when you see what people are doing, you know who you want to be around and who you don't want to be around. This gives you a handle, okay? I do this all the time with people. I spot somebody and say, well, okay, goodbye. I don't have any, I'm not mean about it. I just move on to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And then I'll find other people who I see are very high on these scales. And then I keep them around and I benefit from that. And so this book can save you from a lot of trouble
0: and right at the moment, with everything that's going on in the world, it can save you from a lot of confusion and doubting yourself too, let me tell you. Yes.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Jim, for for joining us today, and we hope to see you again very soon. And uh, thank you all for tuning into our show. Of course, we welcome your suggestions for the type of expert guests uh, you'd like to see and hear. So please feel free to reach out to either Peter, or myself. And until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye.